Welcome to No Hope, the podcast. This is definitely like torture porn. Hello and welcome to season two. Can you believe it? We're not dead yet. The season you didn't (laughs) want and didn't (laughs) know you needed. Never asked for it. And you're you're probably like, they came back so soon. You were probably like wanting more of a break, but you know. It it is, uh, we are No Hope the Podcast. I'm Tim Allmiller. I'm Scott Schneider. And in case you're joining us for the first time, because, you know, the world is strange and you never know. We are two gay, middle-aged, white cis men who mm. live in New York and write musicals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How incredibly unique that yeah. you don't know and probably never will. We've had no commercial success. We're not going to pretend to be people we aren't, but we are active writers and producers of work, at least, um, you know, before all of this happened. Well, we're this, producing work right changed. now. That's we're, true. We are producing work. We're talking, we are producing into, work. And we're talking into microphones. So. And we're going to we're gonna fucking debut yeah. some music soon. Yeah, we are. We, we are. We have some real plans for season two. Yeah, Tim's, so. ma- Tim's making me do things. I so. am finally. I'm getting getting the dust off of your yeah. fingers. So you can see the keyboard right here. It had a layer of dust on it, uh, about an inch thick until about a week or yeah, two I, ago. Yeah, right. I guess that would make more sense. Dust off the keyboard rather than dust off your fingers. Hopefully, yeah. your fingers are not dirty. Well, um, so wait, we've been uh, we've been we've been doing this together for sixteen almost. God, almost 17 yeah. fucking year. No, yeah. it has been 17 years. Yeah, now, we have like a high schooler now. <laughs> Drug addled. Uh, we have a pregnant, a very pregnant, rebellious, uh, exactly. rebellious yeah. high schooler right now. She's had, she's had, oh, I, oh, <laughs> she's, I gone, go she's going Sorry. through it. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we recognize the crazy hard work it takes to make theater and we would never fault anyone for their efforts. But having said that, we'll not shy away from saying what we think. And since we have assholes, we certainly have got opinions. <laughs> All right. That's our introduction. We have an exciting return today. We're going to be Woo-hoo. speaking in just a few moments with our producer and engineer. And are there other, does, I mean, he does kind of everything except the talking part, but today he's also going to be talking. Yeah. I was just thinking there might actually be other um, titles, but I guess that kind of multi-hyphenate michael fell who we're going to hear from in just a few moments um schneider do you oh i had i had Uh, something that i wanted to bring up which was uh which was which is related because our our podcast is officially called no hope the podcast outcasts in in the arts arts, which we always forget to say and you i don't remember when i think it was one of the last episodes you were talking Uh about the Bette Midler song, God Help the Outcasts, from <laughs> right. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, yeah. which I have never seen, and I had never heard somehow. And you I'm never heard pretty, the song? No. No, I, like, I'm a pretty sizable Bette Midler fan. Like, I know you are. That's, that's Not as I large as Stephen Kramer, of course, but <laughs> right, exactly. I think we should always we should always make sure we have a, a, a guidepost. Yeah, but I, mean, I had never heard that song, and I think after listening to it... <laughs> You are no longer a Bette Midler fan. (laughs) You're going with this. I was like, maybe we should see if Disney would give us permission to use it as our as our theme song because it's just. I mean, I don't know that anybody. Perfect. I mean, if you 
didn't remember that that song exists. Your the general population does not remember that song that that song exists. So maybe Disney would uh you know would let us use it. It would be hope. funny if if some if we just started using it and then suddenly we got like a fucking cease and desist, cease and desist from Disney, desist, yeah, exactly. I'm game. That's gonna happen. I'm game. I'm game for this idea. Um, and then I had one other thing, which was this is this is under our category, which we have um, mostly has been filed under the gays will dance to anything. Yeah. Remember, we've also been talking about the gays will remix anything. Oh yeah, like the, I think I mentioned the Kelly Clarkson divorce song, but there's a yes. long list. Yeah, well, and list. we've also the you know don't cry for me Argentina, and yes, we talked yes, about yes, yes, some yes, other yes. things last season. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't even know how how. I don't remember how this was happening. I must have been looking up some other remix. And then in in my little Apple Music file, it suggested Amy Grant's <laughs> Stay for a While. Oh, Do you remember this no, song? No. Because no, you were probably like 10. Yeah, it was but like, I, Amy Grant, you know, I knew what was up with Amy Grant. Wasn't she it was, the baby, baby? Or is that something yes. else? Yeah, okay. But you know, she was a like a exclusively Christian, yeah. Christian music yeah. mm-hmm. uh, recording artist prior to this song. Uh-oh. Stay for a While was sort of her first non-specifically Christian song. Mm. And there is a dance fucking remix to it. Is there? Absolutely <laughs> absurd. But I don't know. <laughs> that's pretty you funny. have to listen to it. Remember that? I don't know why, why, how I connected those two things because I don't know that song. But you remember that Gloria Estefan song, like coming out of the dark? Like I could oh, see, the, yes. I could see the gays like doing a remix to that one. Oh, there was coming some out good of the Miami dark. Sound that, Machine song. Wasn't that after she had like some horrific bus crash or something? Or am I making that up? like that was like the, the the what the song was about that there was like some terrible like car accident or bus crash well we'll have to rewind on yeah because you're definitely looking at me like i'm insane <laughs> no i think something bad happened to her so, for sure that yeah. she survived but i don't remember the details yeah. i don't remember the details all right so um, okay one I... more thing before we invite michael i just okay. wanted to say uh one more rewind. rewind this is a completely random fact but did you know my broadway boyfriend matt doyle's second Broadway show was Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> You're just gonna keep. I'm just trying keep that joke that. until it lands. Yeah. Right? Someday, someday it will. Because <laughs> be you'll really old, be, you'll really be caught off guard. You're gonna be in the or, old folks' home. Like, I need to approach it differently, that. I guess. Mm. Um, all right, Mr. Fell, are you there? Hello, Michael. Can you Hello. hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Christine. <laughs> it's wonderful to have you. We've we've mentioned that the only episode we ever recorded 
in the same room was at your apartment in December of 2019, which does seem like such a different like planet, possibly a possibly a decade ago, maybe. Yeah, how young and innocent we were. (laughs) It was so much fun. I remember thinking like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. And now it's just, a, it is still fun. It's just different. You know, it's a different kind of fun, obviously, yeah, because true? we are not in the same room with each other. How are you? Well, I, I'm great. You know, I'm, I, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm as good as can be, I would say. It wildly fluctuates, boys. Today, I'm okay. Yesterday, no, two days ago, very bad. Hmm. You know, every day is different. It is such but I'm a excited to be here and talk with you all. I know. I'll like wake up in the morning and be like, what'll today be? Should it be a oh, dose yeah. of anxiety or depression or what, oh, what'll yeah. it be? But I'm I go- went down a really fun money rabbit hole the other day, oh. just spiraling hard about money, money, money. And it fucked me, it fucked me up pretty good oh, for boy. the whole day. Yeah. Yikes. Yes. But I've come out the other end with a plan, I think. So. Okay. Well, that's good. It all, yeah. it always helps to not just feel like <laughs> not you're just spiral, like yeah. yeah, or 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 slowly or quickly drowning. Yeah, um, I, I have to tell you, as your producer, longtime producer, longtime fan, first time caller of the show, I I want to tell you that Gloria Estefan absolutely wasn't a bus accident. She broke her back oh. on tour. I'm here for you for doing research oh while God. you're recording. She was on a bus crash. That was when that happened in the in 1990. Wow, um, it was that long ago. Yep, just did a quick Google on wow. it. Wow. She broke her I back? Also, yeah, apparently it was her back. Oh, wow. Almost killed her. Well, wow. Very sad. I did. So that song, that song really is about coming out of that, coming out of the dark was about, uh, like, I not think, dying, yeah, I think basically. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. The photo of the bus is pretty gruesome. Yikes. <laughs> Yeah, it's wow. scary. Well, I, you know, I'm always here to bring the yeah. conversation to a dark, dark, dark <laughs> place. Bus sheared in half. <laughs> like, this is a this is a slight tangent, but I just watched the Michael Hutchins documentary oh, the other day. As in, Do like, you guys in even excess? know who that is? Yeah, yeah, like the in excess singer that like hung himself, right? Oh, Michael, oh. you don't know who this is, right? I know in excess, but I don't know that man. Well, he was the lead singer and he, okay. I didn't, I was a pretty big fan of NXS mm-hmm. because it was actually like happening while I was in high school. Like their, you know, their first big, big album with Need You Tonight and New Sensation and stuff. But I didn't know that he had a head injury that he was with his girlfriend in like, I think it was like Norway or or Denmark or something. And they mm-hmm. were biking and excuse me and they had gotten off of their bikes and they were like eating pizza or something and he was standing in the middle of the road and the this taxi driver was trying to get through and he was being like obnoxious and being a rock star and wouldn't get out of the fucking way apparently for the taxi driver so the taxi driver got out of the car and fucking like pummeled him in the face and knocked him out and and he hit his head on the concrete and was like out and had severe brain damage which he never told anyone except this girl but he 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 had it, it, it you know a lot of head injuries like that can make people it can change their personalities can make them violent a lot of like psychopaths and sociopaths or serial killers have had moments of head injuries in their lives 
And he also completely lost his taste of his, his sense of taste and smell. He could no longer smell oh, or taste. Was this all like, so this was pre-stardom or like mid-stardom? No, or? this was like smack dab in the middle of it. And mm. that is one of the reasons why people think that that he was he was a more and more of a risk taker. He would be more and more reckless. He was not like that at all in his huh. in his life before this happened. And I just learned about that. And it was really tragic, like really tragic. Uh, and then, yes, he ended up, they ruled him committing suicide. But I, I I remember there was a lot of rumors at the time when he died that people thought he had um, audi, audio, what is it? Auto erotically Asphy- asphyxiated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. I remember that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that he didn't actually intend mm-hmm. to kill himself, but he just didn't release the himself belt at J-O. the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. the only way I can get off these days. Sorry, Grandma. Sorry, Mom. You got to do what you can, you know? I mean, <laughs> to keep the pipes clean. Oh, boy. Um, you know, you know, I, I, I actually came in with a question for you boys oh, about musicals. Because yeah. I thought I would turn the oh, table. You do okay, it. Okay. So do you, can I, may I, well, actually, before I do, I want to say you were talking about gays remixing yes. everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you been following this TikTok sea shanty thing? No. No. Educate okay. Me. So on TikTok, yeah, there's a whole, like, there was this man, this like Scottish man who played this, who like sang this wonderful sea shanty called the Wellerman. Oh. Um, and, and, and this amazing thing about TikTok is you can collaborate where one person posts a video and often it works well with music. One person posts a video and then another person will add to it, often doing like harmony or another part or whatever. And it's like, it's exploded into this like sea shanty. (laughs) Everyone's obsessed with it. A bunch of basses got on board and like did some insane bass harmony with it. And now it's this very popular kind of song on TikTok, And it's been remixed, of course, club remixes and they're (laughs) incredible. I don't know what homosexual was behind that, but God bless them. Now that you're saying this, I remember reading about it, but I haven't like actually like looked up the videos or anything. But it's like original. It's like is it like a real original like sea shanty from like yes. Oh my god, that's yes. amazing. That is amazing. Yes, they'll bring you sugar and tea and rum. It's it's incredible. There was a, they wrote about it in the Times. I saw it yeah, in the Times. That's probably that's where how I you saw know it's it. gone mainstream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Wait, but then okay. So, yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say because I was we were going to eventually get to musicals. I promise. <laughs> Not just. Traumatic head injuries. <laughs> yeah, person, head injuries. So we haven't asked you a couple of really basic questions that we like to ask people okay. that have been here. And one of them is, Great. did you, um, it seems as if, and this might be different because you're of a different generation, but it mm-hmm. seems as if most people grew up either like kind of with the sound of music, watching the sound mm-hmm. of music on sort of a like fam- family experience annual sort of basis or The Wizard of Oz. Do do either of those apply to you and your family or was it something completely different or was it neither? I it was it was probably the sound of music, but I I definitely watched both growing up and thought they were both horrifically boring. <laughs> I was really I was bored to tears by both of them. Now, in my older age, I've come to enjoy the sound of music actually quite a lot, and I don't care for I don't care for uh Wizard of Oz at all, really. Um 
even still. But I so kind of neither was my answer. I was okay. more uh, I was more of a like parody song. Like I would listen to like Ray St- Ray Stevens, who's like a very probably racist, uh, like comedic musician, and then like of course Weird Al and stuff. As far as like music musical leaning things i didn't really listen to music I mean, weird, much weird al has some longevity i mean that's that's funny because i'm like i think of weird al as somebody that was like big back in the 80s so that it's like hilarious yeah. to me that he's like kept doing all of those parodies and like people still listen yeah. to it that's for sure amazing. Mm. okay yeah so, i never i couldn't do him i wasn't a big fan okay so what was your do you what do you remember seeing like what was the first musical you saw and Yes. I okay, so there's there's two answers. One is the first professional musical I saw, one is the first kind of musical at all I saw. Okay. The first mu- professional musical I saw was West Side Story at oh. the Fireside Dinner Theater in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin, which is a pretty legit, albeit in the literal middle of a cornfield. There's nothing around this musical, this uh, dinner theater for miles and miles. But I see their casting calls in New York all the time. It's wild. Yeah. But they did a brilliant in the round version of West Side Story that kind of like swept me away in a ma- in a deeply magical way. Okay. That I thought, whoa, this is like phenomenal. Well, that's a How good, old were you? F- I was probably in seventh grade. Okay. Okay. Maybe eighth grade. Well, that that's a good one. That's a good musical. So, so you yeah, loved it. You you left there and you were like charged and excited. I and, was okay. Yes, I had that. It was the first time I've experienced that that feeling, which I only rarely get even now, where I leave the theater feeling like I'm floating a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, like I'm my like I just feel kind of like I'm buzzing with yeah. energy. Yeah, yeah. I, it's such a rare experience in the theater, but man, it's why I always go back because nothing else can do that for me. Totally. Yeah, and that was definitely one of them. I think it was probably yeah seventh grade because the next year I auditioned to be in eighth grade to be in the Ugly Duckling Junior musical, which is which is I think called. I don't even remember quack or something. That's terrible. <laughs> Wait, but at, at this, it was at that same dinner theater. The no, this was in my middle school. Oh, okay, okay. I would have never considered doing a musical ever <laughs> until I saw the year before I saw West Side Story. Gotcha. I also don't love. I don't like any musicals before 1960 except for West Side Story. I think all musicals before 19. Let's be honest, 65 are I crap. Can ag- I can agree with that sentiment. I tend to like yeah, be a later musical theater. Yeah, yeah. I, there's a person. couple of exceptions. Definitely West Side Story. Okay, but then the first musical I ever saw, this was... So I, I grew up in Wisconsin. I was born in Wisconsin. I moved to Texas, grew up there for a long time, and then I moved back to Wisconsin. And I was very sad to be back in Wisconsin. Um, and my dad was at the high school athletic director and assistant principal. And that first year we were back, my birthday in March, he and my mom took me out to dinner. I think I must have been in... This must have been fourth grade maybe even third. Mm, yeah, something like that. And they took me out to dinner and for my birthday. And then afterwards, they surprised me by taking me to the high school musical production of Godspell. <laughs> and I oh. that was a foundational moment for me because <laughs> really? they did a beach theme. They did a beach theme Godspell where, they did, where Jesus was a lifeguard. Oh. oh. Like on the beach, literally a lifeguard. It was probably also a, a very, a very small level of sexual awakening because well, I remember him in a yeah, very nice. Tank. I would imagine. Yeah, and and they like in at the end, it's like prepare ye the way of the Lord. Brought him down the center aisle on a surfboard, like crucified on a surfboard, <laughs> and hung him up on stage in this in like these ropes and like it was very like nautical themed and and I was. 
I was a different. I, that that made me gay. I think. Yeah. This high totally. school production of Godspell You're like, made me gay. Oh, I can pinpoint the moment. Yep. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> surfboard Godspell, dude. And I said, "That's that's it for me. There it is. The oh crucifixion of Christ is my sexual and oh my god. I want to meet that director. Movies. That reminds me of something like a production that Corky St. Clair would have put together in like Waiting for <laughs> <Yes>. Guffman. <laughs> Oh my yep. goodness. It was yeah, it was a good it was a good moment. Um okay, okay. So that's our those are some of our foundational musical questions. So I'll give it back to you. Okay. Yes, you you yes. ask away. Okay. Well, the there's a okay, yeah. So I feel I want to clarify something I said I, about hating musicals before the 60s. I actually think I hate all musicals. I find I find myself very much in Tim's camp here in this like deep I like I so vibe with you tim when you say that you are a person who like writes musicals that hates musicals because i also do not like musicals by and large and yet i know a lot of musicals and i love a a lot of musicals which is so contradictory but generally speaking i they really irk me out often and i think it's a few reasons one it's musical theater acting gives me the heebie-jeebies big time often um and just singing in general it has to be earned so much more than it often is. I I don't know. My my big thing is is this, and I think I've told you this before. I feel the way about musicals, the way I feel about Shakespeare, productions of Shakespeare, which is even when they're good, they're not worth my time. I don't enjoy them. I think like a good musical or a good Shakespeare play is usually pretty unwatchable or unbearable for me. A bad one is of course miserable, but when it is done beautifully it is absolute nirvana in both instances there is it there it can be a truly life-changing event a perfect like gorgeous musical or a really wonderful production of shakespeare can change my week can change my month like it is they have the power in them to do that which is why i think yeah. i'm always still drawn to them yeah even i know most I, I don't like i would agree with you on the shakespeare part for sure um, no. I don't really like Shakespeare. I've never liked it. But when it's when it's brilliant, like when you watch someone who is just talking to you and you understand everything perfectly and you're like, yeah. what? You know, like you, wow. when you have that, that's amazing. But with the musical thing, I feel like and maybe it's just because of working on them and, and such. I feel like if I see something that is fine like there's always a little kernel of something that I take away with me that I can really value, um, whether it's a performance, whether it's a, you know, a song specifically or, or something. But I feel like I've gained appreciation over time for that. You know what I mean? Mm. So I'm not yeah, as disgusted with it as I used to be, which is funny because <laughs> I, I grew up loving Wizard of Oz. Of course, I was, you know, that was my home state. That was my like, oh, sure. It's from, yeah, we're, Dorothy's from Kansas. That's all we had. You know, we didn't have very much to hold <laughs> on to back Liter- then. Literally, so. they did, they put, they made a, a museum about it in your hometown. <laughs> so, um, so what, wait, so what's your question? Do you have a question? Oh, yes. My question okay. is this. Have you seen or do you know about, and I'm sorry to bring it back to TikTok, but Ratatouille, the TikTok I, musical? I, I, I only know. know about it because of Cody's Instagram, but I haven't watched it or anything. Okay. And I don't even understand it. Is it is it a, yeah. is it like legitimately written or is it like, yeah. or is it like Harry Potter, like that, you know, is it Damn, a parody sort of thing? Type. Is it? A, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it? Yes. No, it is. It is 100% genuine. They had like 
Andre DeShields was part of it. Mm-hmm. He oh, played wow. the critic. Like Wayne Brady was in this thing. Um, the guy, one of the one of the Evan Hansons was in it. Um, Neil Neil or uh, uh, Titus Burgess was Ratatouille. I mean, yeah, I remember, it was stacked. Yeah, I remember and, there were like a lot of like boldface names that were done, and I yeah. was like, "What is this?" But you're, you're I tell me. I wonder. I wonder if it's if it's available still because I think this would be a fun thing for you two to talk about. I just want to. Mostly, I'm pitching it to you so you can talk about it on your show. <laughs> okay. I don't want to. I don't want to tell you about it. I'll send you resources. Like, okay. there's there's two things. One, if you can see it somewhere, which yeah. I think you must be able to. Surely. Still, um, to watch it, and then also there's a great little like article about the about how it came to be because it is a very unique, um, de- like very democratic way it's made. Hmm. It's not like a book writer and a lyricist came together and like and like made a thing. No, this was collaboratively made by dozens of people started off with like what? one girl making a, a making a parody song kind of that people was really catchy and people started using tiktok the way you use tiktok like collaboratively building off of things making a full-blown musical making it into a full-blown musical so like there was a graphic designer who saw the trend and thought oh i'll make a i'll like mock up a Broadway playbill cover for it and did a beautiful job of making this gorgeous like rat made out of like ratatouille and spaghetti on a fork. And like that became the playbill for this event. And, um, and, and, and all the different songs were written by different people. Their choreographers started choreographing routines for it. And they all brought them together collaboratively to film and make this like 50 minute version. Um, that some friends ended up writing the book for in a way oh and my god oh it's just really fascinating. really fascinating i'll yeah i would, I would i'll send you to... all of the stuff so you guys can talk about it because i'm curious your perspective on this radically new form wow okay it can only happen during covid really and because of tiktok yeah i didn't really understand how it yeah. came together or, or exactly what the process yeah. was so it is honestly a little confusing how it because it's such a new like thing organic, but it all started you know? also exactly exactly and and across the entire world you know yeah um, it's also started with this thing called the uh, the grocery store musical, which I will also send you on TikTok. It's okay. an amazing, which you boys are gonna lose your goddamn minds. It's so <laughs> it's it starts out as a musical theater theater parody of an act one closer about a man breaking up with his girlfriend in the aisle of a grocery store. This one man wrote a sixty second song. That's it about this, <laughs> and like made little comments, and then another person added, and they played the wife, and then another person added <laughs> lyrics and stacked on top. That was the child. Another person added the lyrics. That was the employee that walked in the aisle. Another person added a verse in it, in this all within 60 seconds of like the PA announcement going on. Another, like it is, it builds this like crazy moment in time from all these people who just like, like the thing someone did. I'm really, yeah. Anyway, I'll send you a bunch of research when, when I hang up and you guys can. God, I have to get on. I, I downloaded TikTok, but I haven't actually like committed to <laughs> getting on it yet. I, so I need. You don't, you, you don't need to. I really don't. Okay, okay. This is like, you can you can get this stuff from what escapes TikTok. Okay. Yeah, I don't okay. think, if, I mean, if you want to do it, you should, but there are a few things that like break the mold so much that they then like, like the sea shanties, they break out of TikTok and people start talking about them in the New York Times. Right, or they make a right. full-blown musical with legit celebrities. Right, and that, right, right. That's definitely worth checking out because there's a lot of crap too. Okay, okay. Um, okay, okay, God, we are... I, I knew that we had so, we had way too many things that we were thinking about asking you. So we're going to we're going to say cuz you're going to come back, we hope. We're going to hope we hope I you're going to so. come back again. He's like no. Um, listen, I'm like, editing all of these. He's like so I have to listen like, I have to listen to you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so a couple of quick things that we're going to just okay. put you on on the spot. Uh Great. 
what do you hate the most about listening to our podcast? What are the things that fucking drive you crazy? And you're like, God, I wish they would stop doing that. Other than the content, obviously, yeah, which we still yeah. have not mastered. Are there any things that you're like, why do they do that? So other than the content, yeah. the swallowing, it and can be, the, yes. and the we know clearing. We know those things, but like, yeah, like content is fine too. Or just like, I just really hate him. You guys are really poking the bear here. You don't you don't understand how much of a fine tooth comb I listen to all of your episodes. <laughs> Here's the first thing I'll tell you. One, okay. you have to get monitors. So when you're talking into your microphones right now, can you hear your own voice or are you just hearing each other? Uh just hearing each other. Just yeah. hearing each yes. other. So do you see what I'm I've got like you I'm listening to the Skype call through my AirPod, yeah. AirPod, and then this one is coming directly from my microphone so I can hear myself and hear you. That's my number one recommendation because then you will sound better because gotcha. you'll hear yourself. Yeah. Oh. You mean I don't? You you can figure that out however it works for okay. you. But that is my number one rec. So like, okay, one ear for the audio call and then one ear in, is a monitor basically. That's yourself. a really I've never. Even I love that. Like season two <laughs> is when we're getting podcast one hundred and one. <laughs> we're nothing but professionals, Tim. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my big one. Check. Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. Okay, are there any things that you think, wow, Tim is doing that really well? Like any really good notes for no. me? Next question. <laughs> okay, that's all. Oh, <laughs> no. okay. Who do you have, like, who would you say would be your, like, um, it doesn't have to be the only one, but like your big Broadway boyfriend? Like, what, who's your bit? If you could just have this someone on broadway be your boyfriend right now who would who who comes who pops into your mind um who pops into my mind oh it would have been um oh shit what's his name um it would have been james who was in slave play that guy from yale in slave play the not white white one james kusadi moyer that's it Oh my gosh! I mean, I saw that, so I I have to know who he is. But I he's the guy who licks the boot. Oh, Oh. gotcha. James Cusetti Moyer, I think. Him. He's my Broadway boy. Even though he's not on Broadway right now. But okay. Well, that 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 yeah, it's it's it counts. You know, I I understand. All right, and he's actually gay. Although I guess most people on Broadway are. (laughs) I just don't. You don't know that. Oh uh, it would be an interesting statistic. I mean, at no. least 50%, right? At oh, least 50%. surely. Oh, yeah. Surely. But there are, Why do you think we all come here? Because it's a safe spot for us. There are straight people yeah. on Broadway, straight men, I think. Um, yes. All right. And Schneider, do you want to ask our last our last question of Mr. Fell? No, you stole my Broadway boyfriend question, but I did oh, want to shit. know. I wanted to know. I'm sorry. Um, do you, I mean, our, our podcast is called... Uh, no hope the podcast do you think do you think there's hope or no hope oh wow um do i think there's hope you know what i'm not going to pretend i understand anything about finance but the the news about these wall street douchebags sticking it to the money man (laughs) this week is giving me hope honey yeah Yeah. i think yeah there's something very delicious about it. Mm-hmm. So I have a little bit of hope this week. Yeah, I agree. It, it's it was it was fun. It was fun to read yeah. that and be like the especially that that fucking guy who goes on was on television was like crying and talking about how <laughs> oh everyone is, you know, against the rich people and you're yeah. like, "Well, you know, yeah. if you're a fucking multi-billionaire, yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's like shape. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being rich. Yeah. 
Go ahead. It's like yeah. shades of the uh, people who participated in the insurrection, like crying at you know crying at the airport gates and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Know, let me drink your tears. <laughs> Ooh, they're yeah. tasty. Yeah. 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 Those videos yeah. were definitely like injecting crack cocaine. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> give me more uh, of this. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Phil. Thank we have you, like, Michael. We have like five other questions, but yeah. we're going to save those for next time. Let's not blow um, our wad. Yeah. 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 We don't want to. We don't right. get it all out there too soon. Um, <laughs> but we will talk to you again soon, and hopefully, yes. this was our best countdown. Yeah. Since you, oh man, I can confidently say <laughs> it was not. <laughs> but I think that I think the ten nine eight thing <clears throat> is good if because then you get the rhythm. I personally like, think it's I all was, Scott, but I don't. I that, don't know if that's that if that's 100 true. Is a lie to quote Christina Crawford from <laughs> uh, Mommy Dearest. That is a lie. Um, all right. You have a wonderful right. day. Yes. And Thank you, boys. Speed. Thank you, Mr. Fell, again. Thank you, Mr. It was Fell. so nice to, to talk to you and to hear from you. I love the fact that he also hates musicals, but loves some musicals. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, think that, it's... That was a knife to my heart, but I mean, I know how he feels that way. And I agree with, I definitely agree with uh, a lot of his reasoning, you know? Yeah. I definitely hate cheap, lazy musicals, and I totally what he says about musical theater acting sometimes is like, we've talked about that. It's definitely yeah. like overly earnest. It's like yeah. Yeah. rolling my eyes. Like, come on. Um, uh, speaking yeah. of overly earnest though, we, Oh, and, and for those of you again, who might be joining us for our first episode back of season two, we're going to talk about a musical we love and a musical we hate. And this episode, Scott is going to start oh. with a love. Love. Um, so tell me, Schneider, what yes. do you love? What do I love? So, wow. Once again, I'm cheating. <laughs> just because I what? know. Just because I know how much it bothers you i just like to like you know see if i can like bend the rules a little bit with our with our uh, with our program with our yeah the rules of the game um so i'm cheating because what i'm about to gush over is not technically a musical but i can absolutely assure to you that it is very musical theater it couldn't be any musical more musical theater and it's um very, very queer in every sense of that word. So, without further ado, I would like to talk about a 1972 concert film made for television, produced by Fred Ebb and Bob Fosse, directed by Bob Fosse, with original music and lyrics by John Kander and Fred Ebb, costumes by Halston, and filmed at the Lyceum Theater in New York. Do you know yet? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. Well, it stars the one, the only, the incomparable Liza Minnelli. And the oh. concert is, of course, Liza with a Z. <laughs> yeah, that so, doesn't count at all. It's a concert. It counts. There it's is a original music. And it is the... Is it all original music? Much of it is original music. Okay. 
I so mean, it's a, if we're talking about jukebox musicals, well, Liza I with know, a Z but that's because it has a book. A, well, does it you have a can't book? Control the narrative. This conversation is happening. <laughs> All right, I have never seen Liza with a Z. What? Nope. Are you never serious? I am totally serious. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Well, you I, ne- mean, like, I, I never lie forced, about it. I never like forced you to watch it. No, I don't think that you I don't even think I really knew about it until I remember the first time like when Russ and Steve were coming from Pennsylvania yeah. to go see it and then you were you guys had yeah, we got tickets and then No, John no, and I no, were no, like, no, 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 no. This is not a this is not this was I, not during my I life. know I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But there was a re there was like a Oh, that was Liza no. at the Palace. Sorry, no, there was sorry, Liza sorry, at the sorry, Palace, sorry. which I saw that. Sorry, and before that, sorry. there was Liza's back. But no, this was Liza with a Z. So I'm going to educate you. But you have you haven't seen the concert film. I have not oh seen God, the concert well, film, which is interesting it. because you call it both a concert and a film, not a musical. But go ahead. <laughs> Let it go. So given my deep obsession with Liza and particularly this concert, I'm not actually sure why it didn't uh, occur to me previously to talk about this during season one. Because Probably I because it's not because a musical. I, no, because I still would have. Um, and in fact, it didn't still occur to me until our uh, mutual friend Desiree <clears throat> mentioned it to me. So thank you, Desi. And I deeply apologize for the oversight. Um, my personal experience with this musical <laughs> i hope you're sitting down. concert film i hope you're sitting down was actually not in junior high school oh although it almost certainly would have had it been available um after the initial broadcast in 1972 nbc reran the concert only twice more and did not screen it again until um after and did not screen it again, like, ever, after 1973. Uh, the film was not seen for over 30 years and was thought lost until 1999 when Liza's friend Michael Eric, a film preservationist, discovered that Minnelli owned the copyright and the two set about restoring the negatives. I could do a lengthy book report on that, but I won't. I'll spare you the details. Uh, but the Cliff's Notes version is that um, it was released in 2006 on Showtime after a Herculean effort, bringing it back after it had sifted through the sands of time. Evidently, the original negative was missing, which took months to find. And then when they did, they did find it, it was badly damaged and it had to be painstakingly restored. Um, so I mentioned it came, it sort of came back in 2006 on Showtime, but I actually saw it earlier than that uh, back in 2001. So how in the world is this possible, you might ask? Um, Well, my original experience of the show was not the beautiful, glossy, pristine concert you can now view at the push of a button on Amazon Prime. Nope. I originally knew about this concert as like kind of an urban legend, honestly. Wait, Wait, so is it is it available on Amazon Prime? Yeah. Without like just I can just watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least as of like. The holidays it was, because I I looked, where can you stream it? Um, And yeah, I just watched it for free on Prime. So that'll be your homework. Um, Yeah, but I'm actually, right now I'm only watching musicals. So I'll have to save it for when we're watching concert films, which will maybe be for season three. But go ahead. Go ahead. It's great. I'll, I'll look forward to your change of tune after you see it. So Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. So uh, as I was saying, 
Uh, I only knew of this as kind of an urban legend when I first moved to New York and started working at Musical Theater Works. Um, you know, folks would talk about it, but, you know, sort of in revered hushed tones. And then through MTW, I had the good fortune to meet an even greater musical theater aficionado than I, our mutual friend Ben Remelauer. Uh, ben told me he had a bootleg on VHS and offered to screen it for me, which is like, you know, flies to shit. So I was like real quick to follow up on that invitation. Um, so yeah, I like went over to his house and uh, in Williamsburg and first got to see Liza with a Z as contraband, which is like really, really fun. Um I'll get into why I love this so much, but uh, suffice to say, even via the grainy lo-fi VHS experience, I was like totally hooked on it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, when, when the film was restored, Minnelli was quoted as saying, this is Fosse's best stage work. Uh, it's his best film work. I, uh, it's a lost Fosse, ma Fosse masterpiece. I could not agree more. Um, and beyond just the sheer entertainment value of the concert, I love this concert because the creative team is just fucking bananas in terms of the level in terms of the level of talent that was assembled, and every single one of them is like working at the top of their game. It's really short. It's right? short. Yeah, it's a quick. I just was view. looking, and it said like it's like, it's like fifty minutes. I was gonna say it's like an hour. Yeah. 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 Um, the music. I love the variety of the songs that was selected. Um, and it actually isn't all musical theater to further your rage that I'm talking about this. Um, yeah. Son there, of a preacher man. There's got uh, son of a preacher man, you know, as, as everyone knows, recorded by dusty Springfield, God bless the child, uh, Billy holiday song, of course, uh, bye bye blackbird, which is a popular standard from the 1920s. Um, my mammy, another standard from the early 20th century and mostly associated with Al Jolson. Uh, and then the most left field of them all, a little number called I Gotcha, uh, which was a song by Joe Tex recorded in 1971. And it's sort of an early rap song um, as it's mostly spoken. Fun fact, which I did not know previously, the original uh, I Gotcha is on the soundtrack for the 1992 Quentin Tarantino film Reservoir Dogs. Uh, so picture the daughter of Judy Garland and Broadway legend with the world famous vibrato rapping this. I gotcha. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. You thought I didn't see you now, didn't you? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. You tried to sneak by me now, didn't you? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Now give me what you promised to me. Give it to me. Come on. I gotcha. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. You thought I didn't see you now, didn't you? Uh-huh. You tried to sneak by me now, didn't you? Uh-huh, uh-huh, now give me what you promised to me, give it to me, come on! Promise me the day that you quit your girlfriend But I'd be the next one to move on in You promised me it would be just us two Um, it's insane. <laughs> It's I mean, insane. it can't be any more insane than you just doing it just now. I feel like that was not even a very good representation of how insane it is. Like, and so while she's doing this, she's wearing this iconic red sequin Halston mini dress with two dudes with cigarettes, porn stashes, big brim hats, tuxedos and ruffle shirts, and shiny knee-high boots as her background dancers. The choreographer, the, like the choreography they do is totally insane almost like Fosse doing a parody of Fosse um 
There's this section during the dance break to that song, just a little over three minutes in, where she just starts violently gesticulating and throwing her head around, and you're like, oh my god, how did she not give herself whiplash? And you're also look like looking at this and thinking, like, I can see why she's on her like 37th hip at this point. Um that that little like unhinged dance ba- break is probably like peak Liza with a Z for me, because it's just bizarre and entertaining um of the many times uh, and she how old was she she was like 26 oh wow okay yeah so she's well i mean that's how she didn't give herself whiplash i guess exactly and she probably the days (laughs) she probably left that concert and like went straight to studio 54 yeah yeah (laughs) i mean she was doing some hard living um <clears throat> yeah so like that so that little like yeah, i can't wait for you to watch that song frankly but like the unhinged dance break is is you know i would always like gather like a group of gays to come over and watch it and that was the moment when we would all like burst into laughter and cheers kind of like the gay musical theater version of when you know your football team scores in the last couple seconds of the game everybody would be like Whoa! <laughs> i can't believe i've never seen it either i know like, it's bizarre I, to me it's well bizarre to me yeah, I mean, not like you're some big Liza fan, but still, no, I'm more but, more yeah. shocked that I didn't like force you to yeah, watch it. Exactly, at some point. exactly. Um, incidentally, this is not Liza's only time covering something seemingly random in one of her concerts. I attended her. I know I mentioned this in a previous episode, but I attended her 2002 comeback tour, appropriately titled "Liza's Back," at the Beacon Theater. Um, and I remember being there, and all of a sudden, she broke into Mary J. Blige's "Family Affair." As in, oh. like, let's get it, croc. We gonna have fun up on up in this oh. dancery. We I... got it. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that song. Let's very get it well. percolating. Oh my god, you so picture like Liza singing that song. I was like on my knees laughing. It was so hilarious. Um, Is there a recording of that or a concert? I, of that? You know what? You know? I don't. I want to look that up because I it. She did that, but then I looked in the like, in the album of Liza's back, which I actually don't have. Uh, I didn't see it on the track listing, so I don't know if that okay, was just like a okay. rights thing. But she like definitely performed it. <laughs> maybe, maybe they decided it wasn't her best work. <laughs> Come back around and tell me one more time. Not losing back, losing my mind. I had so many situations in my way. Now I'm laughing and loving my man every day. Gonna watch me die. Gonna have a riot. Keep making love till I'm tired. Told you little situations at the door. So grab your feet. Get some dance on the dance floor. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Uh, well, back to Liza with a Z. The rest of the song list is mostly Candor and Ebb, um, a songwriting team that I adore. Uh, for the musical theater novices among us, they are, of course, mostly known for cabaret in Chicago. Uh, incidentally, they also did The Visit. Remember when we saw that? But I with remember Cheetah, it with Cheetah Rivera. Well, that yeah. was bizarre. That really fucking strange. Strange. Really I was fucking. Strange I was still happy I saw it because I had never, pre- I had not previously seen Cheetah like on stage. Yeah. So yeah, it's worth seeing. But yeah, that was a bizarre musical. I should probably note that Liza had a long working relationship with Candor and Ebb. Uh, of course, in addition to Cabaret, Liza's first big show was Flora the Red Menace. Um, which was written by Candor and Ebb, and for which she won the 1965 Tony for Best Performance for a Leading Actress. It was sort of like her first big thing, you know, other being other than like being the daughter of Judy Garland. Wait, uh, what was it again? Uh, Flora the Red Menace. 
Yeah. Oh, it was not was like a show a, of theirs. It was. Yeah. It was yeah, like, okay, okay. I don't know if it was their first show or not, but it was like her first big thing. It wasn't like a big hit or anything. The show, I think it only ran uh, like 87 performances. Um, yeah, but she won Tony for it. Um, what else? So, oh, so for this concert, they wrote the title song. Liza with a Z, which is this patter song where Liza laments that nobody can pronounce her name correctly and it's, you know, super charming. It's Liza with a Z, not Lisa with an S, cause Lisa with an S goes snods. It's Z instead of S, Lie instead of Lee. It's simple as can be, see Liza. I do it again. It's Liza with a Z, not Lisa with an S, cause Lisa with an S goes snods. It's Z instead of S, Lie instead of Lee. It's simple as can be, see Liza. Now, if my name were Ada, I'd be Ada, even backwards I'd be Ada. Or if my name were Ruth, then I'd be Ruth, because with Ruth... But for me, my favorite Candor, Candor and Ebb moment of this show is hands down, no question, ring them bells. Um, you know that song, right? Of course, okay. yes. So yes. I haven't done like a deep enough dive to figure out if this is actually true, but in the concert she claims that the story within the song is a true story about someone she actually knew and that she passed this along to Candor and Ebb who crafted it into a song for her. Um, so I couldn't quite figure out if like, Oh, was that just like, you know, the interesting right. song or is that actually true? Um, the song it's the story of a girl named Shirley DeVore living in an apartment building on Riverside drive uh, on the upper West side. At age 32, single and living with her parents, Shirley is getting all sorts of pressure from her folks, relatives, and friends about finding a mate. So she borrows a thousand from the bank and hops a flight abroad in search of a husband. It's very much a story song. Uh, she's searching in every sense of the word. And throughout the song, this jaunty chorus reminds us, you got to ring them bells. You got to ring them bells. You got to make them sing and really ring them bells. It's such a happy thing to hear them tingling. You got to ring them bells. Shirley travels for, for quite a while, but sadly, she doesn't find anyone. Finally, someone suggests she visit uh, Dubrovnik, a current travel hotspot, and there on the beach, she meets a boy, and in their interaction, she learns that not only does he have a flat at Five Riverside, uh, her apartment building, but that they'd been next-door neighbors all along. So first of all, I find this funny because it's like very New York. I can't tell you how many rentals I had when I first moved to New York where I had like zero fucking clue who lived around me, like even next door. I mean, Oh yeah. I mean, when we lived together in, in yeah. Spaha, also known as Spanish Harlem, like there probably could have been somebody like hacking a body to pieces next door and we never would have been the wiser. No. Well, we, I mean, there was domestic violence next door. We, we were pretty sure. Oh my about God. That. Right. Cause sometimes the yeah. walls would like yeah. bang yeah, and like shake, you yeah. know, like almost like knock the, uh, the, uh, the, the pictures down from the wall. Yeah. And there was Mickey, the teenage pot dealer on the third floor oh my god i what? totally forgot about that yeah what was his yeah. story again i i mean i don't know he was definitely in his like late teens oh you my know? god he was, i think he was still in high school and did i ever tell you that like one day i was walking on broadway like down by the blue my by the blue man training space and like this guy was like hey Hey, and like starts like yelling at me and I, and I'm like, 
like what, what's like, happening right hey, now? Hey, it's Mickey, and it was this. It was that fucking kid who was working on some oh, construction site for God. the city, and he recognized me. I mean, that was like, like fifteen ago. years ago, at least. Oh my it God. was incredibly bizarre. That is, but yeah, I mean, those are the random. That's the only person, other than William, obviously, who lived upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that. We had any idea who was in that building? Yeah, yeah. I mean, which I, which I think is common. It's yeah. common. Like most of the rentals I lived in, it's like I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for well, sure. Speaking of like you running into Mickey on the street, like you know, a decade and a half later, probably. Like I, what I love about this song is the small world aspect of the story. You know, that she like meets this dude on a beach, like halfway across the wait. The, what's the De- planet? What's Dubrovnik? I think when I looked it up, it was like you know, you. Yugoslavia at the time. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, I love the 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 the, uh, the small world aspect, which is as based on your story about Mickey, not actually that far fetched. Like, so I wouldn't be surprised if this actually was true. Like, right. Like if this was true, and it was somebody that Liza knew that this happened to. I mean, I can't say how many times during my own travels I've been somewhere totally random and like bumped into someone or like someone who knew someone. Um, I'm sure this happened to you yes. with all of your Blue yes. Man travels yes. and everything. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. oh my god, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, love it. Yeah. So, in addition to to like a geographical full circle for the song, because obviously they 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 come back to New York, the song takes us emotionally full circle. Full circle by the end, it it actually kind of reminds me of the title song from Cabaret and its story within the song of Elsie, you know, with whom with whom Sally sh- shared four sordid rooms in Chelsea. Uh, and that there's like a little live for today moral embedded in this song. In the last verse, Shirley sings, Well, there's a moral to learn from little Shirley DeVoe, who had to borrow a thou to find a lover next door. You girls who live in apartments, don't just stare at the wall. Open up the door and hurry out in the hall. And then Liza takes it home with the satisfying Fosse kick line of a big finish for the final chorus. And it's like just fucking absolutely iconic and makes me like smile ear to ear like every single time I watch that clip. Well, there's a Don't just stare at the wall. Open up the door and hurry out in the hall. Yeah. So, I Gotcha and Ring Them Bells are probably the apex for me. Uh, but the concept- And Ring Them Bells never belonged to another show. It was written for no, this show. No, it was written for it, this, okay. yeah. People okay. have since covered it. I think I actually saw it. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, but they did. Uh, I think it was more like a Candor and Ebb concert thing like maybe in within the last 10 15 years or something and i think i saw that like Marin mazzy covered this song which of course we've talked about her and how much yeah we yeah. love her um uh, but yeah no it was definitely like for this for her um so those those two songs are probably the apex for me uh but the concert wraps with a medley from cabaret which makes of course perfect sense as Liza with a Z was created shortly after the success of the cabaret film, which Liza Fossey and Kander and Ebb all worked on together. Um, fun fact casting. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, Marvin Hamlish was selected by Kander and Ebb to be music coordinator for the concert. So like as if there was not enough talent on the creative team, Marvin Hamlish, who we've talked about on this podcast right. in terms of... Uh, 
uh, um, a chorus line, but you would say Barbara Streisand's "The Way We yeah. Were." <laughs> well, and he did the the first. He music directed and and arranged the first uh, huge concert that she did back in. What was that? Was that like ninety nine or something oh. when she did that huge concert? Uh, oh, is that the one where she duetted with herself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, more exactly. I live, the more yes. I live, the more uh, I amazing. learn, the more. It's like the only Barbara Streisand moment I actually enjoy. I'm not a big Barbara fan here, but we have discussed this. Um, so the reception of this concert, it went on to win four Emmys and a Peabody Award. Uh, Kay Gardella of the New York Daily News reviewed the film as being sensational with an S. However, the review I found from the New York Times when this concert was restored uh, and released on Showtime in 2006 was way bitchier than I would have expected. Some joyless pill, also known as Alessandra Stanley, had this to say. Liza Minnelli is not a has-been. She is and always was. She began as an anachronism, stayed that way throughout her career, and remains so even at 60, in uncertain health, and as the tabloids have not unreasonably concluded, crazy with a Z. Oh my god. And there is no that better is yeah. Scathing I'm going to read more of this than I'm going to read more of this than you want just because I was like couldn't find just one quote. And there's no better proof of it than the resurrected recording of a one-woman concert Ms. Minnelli gave at the Lyceum Theater in 1972. The painstakingly restored and remastered 16mm film of Liza with a Z, which will be shown on Showtime tomorrow for the first time in 30 years, will undoubtedly delight her fans. It also serves as exhibit A of just how riveting and ghastly Liza Minnelli was even at the height of her career. She's saying this about her at 26? Yeah. Right. Okay. Gonna keep going. For those who never quite understood her standing in pop culture or gay iconography and are alarmed by her page six woes in her recent unmoored interview with Larry King on CNN, the hour-long film provides some clues. There are only a handful of female performers of her generation who have that over-the-top knock-em-dead stage presence, but Judy Garland's daughter was neither as gifted a singer as Barbara Streisand nor as roguishly self-aware as Bette Midler. Ms. Minnelli's stardom is based on a unique confluence of talent and biography, persistence and collapse, and of course, luck. She sings a medley from Cabaret, the musical that gave Ms. Minnelli an Oscar, in her greatest and only plausible movie role as a romantic lead. Every heroine she played after that was at best a watery distortion of Sally Bowles. I mean, what is this wow. woman's damage? And then she, and then she goes hateful. in a little. She goes in a little more, but then this little send off of a closing. I, I, I have to say, I have to say, it's yeah. in, her her comparison yeah. to Barb's 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 Babs, Babs and yeah. Bet is 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 interesting. Yeah, I mean, but it go, is but interesting. It is interesting. Uh, so then this send off. Her mother's life ended in tragedy, but Ms. Minnelli's is entangled in farce. Her extravagant marriage to David Guest and their even more Baroque divorce has all but overshadowed her career. Of late, she has become a Michael Jackson-ish figure, too preposterous to function even as a nostalgia act. Liza with the Z shows why she doesn't really fit the bill as a flashback anyway. She always operated outside of time. Well... That is, is Alessandra mean, Stanley. That is, that, I mean, I, I, I don't have anything against yeah. Liza Minnelli. I don't love her the way that you do, obviously. Yeah. 
but I I appreciate her yeah. and I think she's talented. Sure. And I mean, obviously, she was given a, a mighty leg up, of course, being Judy, Judy Garland's daughter, daughter. But like that is just right? vicious. Yeah, all I can think is like it did it did come out like you know after that whole like David Guest marriage. Right. And it, says it was probably right. colored. And by it that. But was. I'm like, but I'm like, you're not even really reviewing the concert. She was just like. Yeah commenting on her like and and that wasn't necessarily i mean did she play into that whole publicity narrative probably a little bit more than she should have sure but it was also just like fucking tabloid fodder it wasn't necessarily her fault and she was never michael jackson of course not i mean at the the end of the day she still had a lot of talent has a lot of talent and uh yeah, I mean, I definitely I mean, love her more than you, but and obviously I love yeah. her a lot for like camp reasons. But I also think that like it was just when she was at the top of her game, that she was like very genuinely talented and yeah, a great absolutely. dancer, and like surrounded herself with extremely talented people, which is like very evident when you when you watch this. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm ex- I think I can watch it since it's only forty eight minutes. I'm yeah. pretty sure I can. Get it's a quick. It. It's a quick watch. Yeah, the like. The, the 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 red Halston mini like that that little set within a set is like the mandatory viewing the I got gotcha, you son of a preacher man and ring the bells it's like boom 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 did you by chance uh small tangent did you by chance happen to watch the Mariah Carey Christmas special no yet? I still haven't oh because my I don't god really have like Apple TV and I was well like, I, I don't think wanna... you can. I think you can like buy it on iTunes for, yeah, or yeah, rent no, it for to. like three ninety nine because the I was, outfits. Yeah. I guess you should now wait until next season. But mm-hmm. it, I watched it three times because I was kind of going through a difficult holiday season. I just wasn't well, feeling. I mean, as as were we all, all. As were yeah, we exactly. All, sure. Unless, you but know, I mean, were... I'm talking about that's how difficult it was because I was resorting to Mariah Carey, <laughs> and I actually, <laughs> I actually like. <laughs> It was so ridiculous yeah. that it was it was fun. Yeah. So okay. Well, anyway, see, I go that's ahead. how I love Mariah Carey most. I don't necessarily like necessarily. Oh, please don't be listening to this, Paul Leisure. But yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily like love her music. Like I like her as like a ridiculous personality. <laughs> Did you see the um like the when little, she, her her conversation her little Instagram conversation with Sean Mendez? No. Should oh, I? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just I can tell you. Sean Mendes like posts a picture of himself like shirtless with his arms open, oh dear, up to the sky and saying, yeah. "I'm I'm grateful for uh, the sun and <laughs> my life and old Mariah Carey songs." Oh my god! And then she she like answered back yeah. and said she was grateful for the same things, except she said old Sean Mendes songs. Oh, which I oh my was god, so that's so sweet. funny! I love that she's like responding to other celebrities in ways like that. Like I know she. And like Billy Eichner had this like love affair recently yeah. too. Well, he was yeah. on the he was the main one of the main characters in the <gasps> oh, Christmas. Oh, was he? I didn't why. even know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, okay, that's my tangent. No, Sorry. That that's all I had to say. Oh, short and sweet, just like the all concert. Right. Just like the concert, which is a concert film yeah. and not a musical. Yeah, I make all I right. make my own rules. Gonna switch we're gonna switch places here i'm gonna now talk about a musical and i think you know it's weird sometimes i do hate musicals there are there, and i'm and i'm trying to be 
bold enough to say when I hate it. Okay. Because I think that it's easy to get into that headspace of like, well, I don't want to offend anyone. Yeah, you know, no, especially as we as we talked about, especially when something is more recent. Sure. And we might know people that have worked on it or, or that, whatever. That is where I have felt some it's, reticence. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's an odd feeling for sure. Um but I think that's one of the reasons that the disclaimer at the beginning is so important mm-hmm. is that we're not we're saying this was a complete waste people, of yeah, right yeah. or certainly the people or their efforts but um i hope that this little introduction still makes sense because i i did not reread it <laughs> this morning before before i go so um all right <laughs> it'll be like the end of flowers for algernon or yeah. <laughs> this is a category of musicals that have been around for some time we've talked about a few here last season shanna disliked dance of the vampires and you talked about how much you loved love janice yeah there are bona fide massive hits. Jersey Boys was a behemoth, as was Queens We Will Rock You. I don't know if you knew this, but both of those shows played for 12 years. Oh, my Jersey God. Boys, obviously, on Broadway, and We Will Rock You on the West End. Um, so there's kind of two categories of the jukebox musical, right? And and those those two musicals are perfect examples. Jersey Boys, which I did see, which is a... Which is a um, uh, a story about the songs and how they came to exist. Yeah. And Queens, we will rock you, which I have not unfortunately seen, I believe is something about like, there's an outer space and alien oh, yes, sort of story. And, yes. I saw part of it. It has nothing to do with this. I mean, they're not, it's not, it has nothing to do with queen. I guess I should say, yeah. even though it's called Queens, we will rock you. It's not about queen. Um, so, you know, there's ones that follow the career of the recording artists. Like I said, The Cher Show, Tina, Ain't Too Proud, Beautiful. And then there's ones that take the music of the recording artists yep. and put them into a story like Rock of Ages, Mamma Mia, most recently Jagged Little Pill, which I'm very sad to say I didn't get to see. I, yeah, really I didn't hope either. to one day. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Oh, but I, yeah, so, so there's, there's ups and downs, you know, um, I was excited to get tickets to the show because I really wanted to know more of this artist. He's an American classic in every sense of the word, but I've never been able to stand his voice. And so I've never really gotten into his music and I'm used to have some significant arguments with friends about this. But I've always loved the opportunity to fall in love with his music because I think he's such a brilliant songwriter. So um, when I heard they were doing this musical, I was like, let's get it. The The book was written by a respected Irish playwright. And, and I was like, let's go. So we went to the public theater and just could not have been more disappointed in the musical as a whole. Um, I, I And I wouldn't say that my my expectations were outlandishly high. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though I, I I like this playwright, I've read some of this playwright's work. Um, I, I wasn't like I was expecting, I don't know. But it was really, really fucking disappointing. I would say that, honestly, the story did not rise much above that of Mamma Mia, to be honest. Um <laughs> And the musical that I'm talking about, do you know what it is yet? Um, is it that Bob Dylan one? Yeah. The North, Girl from the North, North Country. Country. Okay. Which I had wanted to see. Yeah. but Yeah. I mean, I saw it at the public. I will say we were in the, the sort of last row of the orchestra, mm. which is actually a theme for me this week. Um, <laughs> so there's that, you know, but it wasn't a huge theater. It was, it was, I think it was the larger theater at the public out of the, I think there were what, three major 
spaces in there. Yeah. Um, but the book is the book of the thing is just it's a fucking clunker. It's just like one cliche after another. I I, I, I just don't understand who thought this was good, but apparently a lot of people did and do. It had a terrific cast, like a bunch of huge Broadway people. It had Mayor Winningham, who I don't know oh, if you remember yeah. Mayor Winningham. Yeah, totally. Like, I love her. Yeah. Um, the songs, I loved the music, the arrangements, the staging of the songs. But then the book just feels like a bad children's story, except that it's a little too adult to be a children's story. Like, every everything is so... Uh, the, 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 you're going to tell well, me what it's about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I forgot how beautiful the music was though. Like I hadn't listened to it since we saw it. And in, in preparation for this, I was listening to the London cast recording and I listened to it several times. Oh, it, it was and from, it was there first. It was before? in London first, which is huh. fascinating. Well, okay. Connor McPherson is an Irish playwright. Gotcha. So I guess yeah. that makes sense. So the music, of course, is by Bob Dylan and the book and direction by Connor McPherson. So um, he was kind of given carte blanche to take whatever he wanted from Bob Dylan's catalog and make this show. And he was basically given complete creative control. How? Um, it's the, I don't know about that, actually. Because I, I always considered Bob Dylan to be, you know, an artist that's, like, sort of protective oh, of their work. And... Extraordinarily protective of their yeah. work. But I think he's now, like, old enough mm-hmm. that he has started to let Loosen go that grip. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's also, by the way, the second Broadway show to use Bob Dylan's music. Uh, the first was Twyla Tharp's The Times They Are a Change-In. Hmm. Don't even. I remember that. I remember when it was here, but I don't remember when. I don't I remember I that. that Wasn't she moving out? Twilight. Yes. Tharp, yep. Which bleh, yep. talk about a clunker. Did you see that? Yes, unfortunately. Oh, that was at Lincoln I'll, Center. I'll right? probably have to devote an entire episode, but to it. But uh, yeah, I was not not a fan. But part of it okay. is like I'm not a big Billy Joel, Billy Joel person fan, fan right, to begin right, right. with, so that yeah. didn't really ne- necessarily help matters. But I remembered uh, tw- uh, name recognition of Twyla Tharp from that. Um, so a few facts. It opened in London at the Old Vic in July of 2017 before moving to the West End in December of 2017 and ran until March of 2018. It premiered off-Broadway at the Public in 2018, and it opened on Broadway at the Belasco on March 5th of 2020. Oof. Obviously, it was open for, what, two couple and a half weeks? No, no, not 12th. even two weeks. Yeah. I mean, the 12th yeah. is like when everything shut down. So Yeah. So it's 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 a little sad about that. It's set mm-hmm. in the winter of 1934 Minnesota, which is apparently where Bob Dylan is from, when the U.S. is in the midst of the Great Depression. Um, so this plot is very like... Um, uh, what is the Convoluted? our town oh, our okay. town or you know there's all of these stories of going characters. on yes um i read i think i even might have talked about this book that i read carson mccullers the heart is a lonely hunter i read it this past summer uh it's very americana it takes place in a boarding house mm. this also takes place in a board a base well a guest house sorry not a boarding house kind of a i guess they're kind of the same thing so nick Lane, this is this is i'll try to really run through this because it is a lot of <laughs> shit but it'll kind of tell you how much stuff is shoved into this yeah, musical into the book and then all of these songs, which are not, you know, they are almost like a, a, 
a meditation on the story. They mm-hmm. don't really particularly necessarily relate. Like, you know, it's not like A to B. It's definitely not. It's like A and then suddenly we're in like Z land. Oh right. My God. Okay. And and the song, like I said, the song's amazing. But could you at so least here's, like, here's, oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Here's a few of the things. So Nick Lane is the head guy of the house. He runs the house. The, the house is under for, the threat of foreclosure. Of course. Of course. So of the course. family could be homeless at any moment. Yeah. His wife, Mayor Winningham, suffers from dementia, which <laughs> propels her from catatonic detachment to childlike uninhibited outbursts, which are becoming more difficult to manage. <laughs> she end bro- quote. <laughs> and she break into song during a manic episode. Or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Their son, Gene, who is an aspiring writer, goes on alcohol binges and is further beaten down when his girlfriend announces she's marrying a man with money. This is this is a kicker. Their daughter is Marianne, who was abandoned in the guest house as a baby, and they brought up <laughs> as their own. She also happens to be black, living with a white family in 1934. Oh God, and just on. to make things more intense, is five months pregnant and refuses to tell anyone who the father is. So Nick, <laughs> her adopted father, her adopted father, adopted father, adoptee. Uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, is trying to arrange a marriage with a local shoe mender in order to secure her future. Oh, my God. To top it all off, Nick is having an affair with a widow and a resident of the guest house who apparently is set to inherit a bunch of cash from her deceased husband. And then all of the problems will be solved. Of course, Nick is going to first have to get rid of his <laughs> dementia laden wife. Oh, my God. Uh, there's also a family. Uh, the Burke family is staying there. Their son has a learning disability that everyone has likened to uh, Lenny in Of Mice and Men. And finally, a reverend and Bible salesman and former boxer, I think they say boxer down on his luck, arrive at the beginning just to get things get things moving. They're the catalyst for the entire play. So you can see how fucking convoluted yeah. the script is. And it unfortunately, none of these characters ever have time to like rise say, out of the time. There's too much no. mechanics going on in the plot. You just you... learn like these yeah. basics, almost like you're reading an outline or something. And yeah. then suddenly they're singing a really cool song and you're like, oh, this is a beautiful moment. And then they go back into this mm. really fucking crazy plot. Anyway. Um, there are 19, it says 19, it said on Wikipedia, sorry, I got my information from Wikipedia, from IMDb. There's actually a couple of other websites that I use that I did not write down. Um, plagiarism, plagiarism, plagiarism. There are 19 Dylan songs in the musical. I I bring that up now because I actually think there might be more, um, I don't think they necessarily counted all of them, but these are the ones that I knew going in mm-hmm. and I thought it might be fun to to talk a little bit about some of these songs like a Rolling Stone, okay, which was recorded in 1965 and despite its length, the song is Dylan's most commercially successful release, mm. remaining in the US charts for 12 weeks where it reached number 2. The song that held the top that kept it from getting to number 1 was The Beatles, of course, with Help. Make You Feel My Love is in this uh, ah. is in this musical. 
It was released in 1997. I think it's the oh, newest. Oh wow! I didn't know song. that that was released that recently. Yeah, of course. Was, I mean, I, I know it now because of the Adele cover. The of most. course, like I feel like she yes. kind of stole that song from yes. him. But, yeah. Yes. Well, he, yeah. his version never like made that enormous of a impact. Splash. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, think like, for a lot of people, hmm. they saw it as kind of a sellout, like love. Oh, like, it yeah. Was a little too that. much, mm-hmm. you know, for them. Um, but this is the, I, I looked up that song and it's been recorded by everyone from Adele, Mm -hmm. which I knew you would know to Neil Diamond, to Bowie, to Jeremy Irons. What? Yeah. I didn't even know he sang. I didn't either, but he fucking recorded to make you feel my love. Uh, Leah Michelle. Oh God. Ben Platt. (laughs) Ed Sheeran. Pink. And even Boy George, which I have to tell huh. you, you have to, we have to play that fucking Boy George version. When the rain is blowing in your face And the whole world is on your case I will offer you a warm embrace To make you feel my love amazing i was gonna I say i his, bet that's pretty good his voice actually. is so interesting yeah. when he sings ballads yeah. and it's you know, i saw him with uh uh cindy lopper a couple of years ago and i was kind of yeah, like like one of the holiday concerts yeah 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 you no know, it wasn't a holiday concert because really? they didn't sing holiday music i think they just toured together yeah oh it was at the okay. beacon and uh i remember being very unenthusiastic for boy george because it's like i was never like a huge culture club culture like boy club. george fan uh, of his music uh i was there for cindy who i'd seen you know at least three times before probably live and she's so great live but uh he he was wonderful and i actually yeah. liked him more than her in that particular concert because that was right after she released her like country album uh, um, so she was singing so she was singing a stuff. lot of that i mean she did some of her like stand right. by live stuff like right. money changes everything where she just like like when she does that live, it's like yeah, so throws down, throws down. But yeah, he he like made me a fan after that concert. Yeah, and his uh, okay. Well, I'm gonna have to send you some other things to listen to because he has this one album from probably like the mid '90s, which is amazing. Hmm. Um, anyway, a couple of other songs all along the Watchtower. I knew. Lay Lady Lay, I knew I didn't take stats about those forever young. May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. May you build a ladder. 
which was originally recorded in 1973. I know it because of the, uh, this horrible Rod Stewart version yes. that was popular in like the early 80s. I didn't even or know that was a Dylan song. I didn't either. Oh I did God. not. I didn't either. Until I feel like I that happens a like, lot, though, with Dylan songs where somebody yeah. covers it and then I find out later. But that of everything you've listened so far, that one I did not know was a Dylan yeah. song. <laughs> this is also going to make you crack up. So it's also been covered by Diana Ross, okay. Patti LaBelle, Meatloaf, <laughs> Robin Wright. Oh. Again, didn't know. No, yeah. And Blake Shelton. So um, that's 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 pretty much it. So <laughs> I guess, you know, I went there wanting to learn more of Bob Dylan's music, and mm-hmm. I did. And I really, really thought that the music and the arrangements of the music was were beautiful. Well, I was going to um, ask earlier, I, did, were you able, at least during the musical moments, to just kind of check out and forget that it was like this absolutely. bad story and just enjoy absolutely. at least those moments? Yeah. Yes, yes, mm. Absolutely. Um, so I was trying to find some reviews that hmm. agreed with me because let me tell you, people fucking just came all over this musical. Wow. Like it was Ben Brantley. Um, he, so he does this interesting things. He, he's like, you've probably met folks like them before. McPherson is willfully recycling structures and stereotypes of depression era plays, blending the heightened naturalism of big cast social melodramas like Clifford Odette's Awakened Sing with the homespun eternity of Thornton Wilder's Our Town. That pastiche element annoyed me when I first saw Girl with an English cast in London, but I've become to I've come to increasingly admire McPherson's use and subversion of well-worn tropes to create a collective national sensibility filtered through decades of memory. So he's, you know, just basically saying it was all very intentional. Right, you're getting he's so giving it's all credit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, which I mean, you know, Whereas I'm not you saying did that not, it wasn't. You, you did not take it as subversion or. I didn't take deliberate. that. I didn't take that, and I was. <laughs> I I feel a certain amount of shame to say I agree far more with Johnny Elixink. Elix, I can't pronounce this guy's name. Johnny Elixinski of the New York Post, who hmm. said, "A doctor narrator straight out of our town says early on, pain comes in all kinds: physical, spiritual, indescribable. He fails to mention theatrical." Um, but really this, there's a, this, this woman, Helen Shaw from Vulture, which I guess is somehow related to New York magazine. It is. Yeah. It's related to New York mag. Yeah. Is it like the arts and entertainment section? Uh, sure. Yeah. Cause they, they have like that whole umbrella, like I, cause I read that and they have like curbed and like eater and like, so yeah, it's like, I think it's more like the arts section of it. All right, so she really, um, I, I felt I felt justified. I felt like mm-hmm. vindicated by what she wrote. So I'm gonna I'll just read this one part. Over the course of the show, the mismatch between the gloomy every man for himself script and the ecstatic every voice raised in song arrangements grows increasingly silly. We watch the community of Duluth gather over and over, pitching in to play instruments, harmonizing around ribbon microphones, or dancing at a Thanksgiving celebration, all while McPherson's script insists that they're all sad and unsupported and suicidal. (laughs) 
So at some point, you just divorce the music in your mm. mind, exactly what mm -hmm. you said. Experience as a concert with occasional wrong-headed interruptions, Girl from the North Country, <laughs> has some gorgeous stuff in it. The company's voice is sweetly gathered, Bayardell stripping the paint off the Belasco walls with her incandescent high belt, Winningham's clear, effortful voice infusing real pathos into like a rolling stone, Almond wailing on the harmonica, Mastine wailing on the drums, their joyful, no their joyful noise is what I'll remember. The rest, let's agree to forget it. Best to lose some things to that blowing wind. Mm. So that's my review of Girl from the North Country. So is, I would no go ahead. I would say if you know if it wasn't if these were different times um, and you felt like listening to these beautiful songs being done in a truly magical way. I would still recommend going to see it, but just going in knowing that the story, you're going to laugh at how ridiculous. I mean, yeah. it's like glitter ridiculous. I was going to say, if I came in like knowing it was going to be ridiculous, I could, I could probably get some laughs out of the scenes at least. Yeah. And the, 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 the weird thing is that the actors are mostly so good mm -hmm. that you're not really laughing at the actors. Sure. You're just you're like, laughing this is absurd. at how absurd yeah. the story jumps are. You well, know, which that's is where odd... it, that's where it deviates from glitter. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. Where it was both so, ridiculous scenes and uh, not not top caliber acting. <laughs> yeah, but I would recommend um, taking a listen to the London cast recording. That's what I was just going to ask. It's like, so is the so that's available the London. Yep, recording to listen to. Yeah, I think it's on all the streaming. Oh, I'll definitely check. I for sure, we'll check that out. Because I don't. I mean, yes. Dylan's like a lot of songwriters that I don't necessarily love him singing his own songs. Yeah, which is exactly. how I often have felt about like Elton John, Billy Joel, like some other folks. So. God, I do not put him. I put him into the category of like Tom Waits and Leonard Cohen. Of course, I just mean not like musically, John but I'm Billy Joel. I'm just saying, yeah, like songwriters who I like their songs and I prefer right, to right. hear them sung by like by other, other people. people. Yeah. Right. Yes, I understand. Mm -hmm. Um. All right. That's all um, I have to say. Well, you. I was panicked for the first five minutes of that because i for i don't know for a very brief moment of time i thought that maybe it had finally happened then that we had picked the same thing the to same talk thing about. except except love hate no like it was like we were like stepping on each other's toes like hate oh. like hate hate oh oh hate hate okay yes Oh, yes. because the is, thing is that the I, thing that you hate actually a musical or is it another it's a musical um, but it's in the same genre of musicals oh so yeah oh god well oh i'm so no guesses no guesses till we okay. get there no 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 okay all right well well um, thank you we, oh we oh. should say before we say goodbye yeah. that we have another very special we guest do. for our uh second episode of season two yep. and this that is busy coy will be back she yes. will be back 
She busy. Busy has been busy. <laughs> she she's uh, always yeah. busy, and this time she'll be busy. She's been busy in Ireland, yeah. so we'll be able to. Oh, I wonder if she's. I wonder if she knows Connor or not knows Connor knows. McPherson, but like knows of oh. Connor McPherson. Oh, no. I, I we can ask her. Have to ask. Yeah, her that no. Season two, uh, dear listeners, we have conned a lot of people into being guests. We've lined up some guests. Yeah, for, some of them uh, don't even know it yet, but <laughs> exactly. they are gonna fucking do this shit. Exactly. I'm like, what else do you have to all do? Sorts of people. You're just yeah. sitting at home, crying. Avoiding avoiding the virus. Yeah, watching uh, you know, season four hundred and thirty-two of some something. Uh I have now what currently watching I know I know I have to let us end, but I'm currently watching all of Gilmore Girls from season one, episode one. <laughs> That's there is so much new <laughs> content in the world. Yeah, How no, I'm you... also watching that too. But like, I've all also right. been having like one thing that's like my comfort viewing through all of the pandemic. It was formerly Sandra Lee's semi homemade cooking, but now it's Gilmore Girls. So, okay, I am just going the opposite direction mm-hmm. and watching these really depressing. Yeah. Uh, documentaries. So, like, I watched the Michael Hutchins. I'm in the yeah. middle of Amy, which I had never watched. Oh my god, that's a great one. Well, I just watched the um, the night the Night Stalker. Uh, uh, d- oh, uh, you we know, watched that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While the, also you... like like interspersed with that episodes of like um, Handmaids. <laughs> so, Ooh, did you finish it yet? <laughs> I did. I finished the first season. Well, I watched the first episode of the second season. I was like, oh, my God, Tim is right. This is definitely like torture porn or something. (laughs) This is like so over the top. (laughs) Yeah. But that first season, they did Mm -hmm. an incredible job. It's harrowing. I was like, why am I watching this in this like horrible time during our country? And everyone (laughs) in that is so fucking good. Like they are just amazing. And Gilmore Girls tie in. Because Rory, <laughs> Rory is in there. Oh, you mentioned that. Yeah. Wait, who is she, she again? She plays the lesbian who's like, uh, oh. like spoiler yeah. alert, who's yeah. like, uh, who's like circumcised, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, her, yes, mutilated. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, so we started and ended this episode <laughs> with head traumatic head injuries and like female circumcision. Join okay. us for the next fun episode with busy coy we'll be back we'll be back